As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic, with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, former Braves left-hander who would have never faced the likes of Jock Peterson as a left-hander. No, I, didn't, I didn't see him. Definitely huh? didn't see him. You saw him, you just didn't face him, right? You do remember Did not him. face him. I know him, yeah. I know. I've seen him a lot, but I never faced yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Well, i tell you what, the, uh, for all those who might have been living – uh, who might have been like passed out drunk somewhere last night. The Braves made a move for Jock Peterson. Big move for the, uh, you know, this is before everybody gets carried away. This is not the move. This is not the move they think is going to put them over the top or whatever. As Eric and I just discussed off off uh, air, this was a pretty damn good move to be able to play one game without Ronald Acuna. That's all you did. You played one game without your superstar before you added a guy who's not off some scrap heap, who's not a guy you bring up from AAA, he's not somebody else that was la- languishing on the bench somewhere. You got a guy that personally, I've, if you go back and listen to the podcast last winter, I thought the Braves should have signed Jack Peterson. I thought he would have been a good free agent signing. So I don't know why anybody would shit on this trade. I think it's a good trade to, for giving up what you did. Uh, an A-ball prospect who was struggling at age 23 and high eight. Yeah, I, mean, I like it. I just like it because if you're starting to trade first baseman, it means you feel good about signing Freddie back. Yeah, and well, I, I it's a good sign to some people. I personally have never felt like like they weren't going to sign Freddie. I know for a couple of weeks there, it's starting to be like I'm starting to think I go from 100 percent to maybe is there even maybe there's a small chance they don't bring him back. But I've never felt like uh, they were leaning that direction. It was good. I just I, I've never understood why it's taken so long but I've never lost faith that they would get it done just because it makes no sense, business sense, PR sense, uh, competitive sense, not to bring him back and resign him. And after talking to Freddie last week in Miami, I was convinced because the way he casually mentioned talking to Alex Anthopoulos, he said, yeah, I talked to Alex the other day. He was down watching the boys at Rome. Uh, you know, nothing's changed. Uh, you know, nothing's changed at all about my desire to be here. And to me, if Freddie had any... Freddie at that point would have been like, he would have just been no comment or he would have been, 
yeah, I don't know why it's taking this long. I'm frustrated. I, I, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, they don't want me back. He never said anything like that. It was always nothing has changed about how I feel about this organization and my desire to be here. So I've, I've never lost uh, the belief that they would resign him. And I, and I, Bryce Ball, I thought was more of a DH for the future, if anything. And, and it was apparent from the way he was hitting at high A that he was at least a couple of three years away. And that would, that's assuming that he, Put that it together. Yeah. yeah, because it obviously wasn't so far. He just he wasn't producing in, in high A. Uh, and this is not a high school kid, you know, that's only been in the minors a couple of years out of high school. It's a guy that, you know, a lot of he's older than a lot of major leaguers. So anyway, I thought Jock Peterson's good, good, uh, good addition. He can play you average to above average defense, uh, has ton of raw power. And I mean, we've seen when he gets hot. And we see what he does in the postseason. Every year he's hitting the postseason. He's got a thousand OPS in three World Series, and we're not talking about you know five games. We're talking about three World Series with the Dodgers. Um, he's got a thousand OPS, and he killed the Braves in a couple of postseasons as well. So he could definitely hit. Uh, has tons of power against righties. He had thirty six home runs in twenty nineteen. Thirty six against right handers that year in like four every single days. one of them. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he probably didn't face too many lefties. No, he's faced more lefties this year than he faced the last two years combined this year with the Cubs because he wanted to go somewhere where he's going to get a chance to play against some lefties. So he's faced a lot of lefties this year. Hasn't hit for any power against them, but he's hit for a higher average in OBP against them than he has against righties. So he's got some weird splits this year. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. But uh, definitely better than what you would have been do- going doing without it, where you're trying to piece it together with a bunch of – I mean – frankly, a bunch of bench players and journeymen. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I don't really analyze it like, you know, this is some big move that puts them over the top or you just, you look at your options. Yeah. And there wasn't, there's not a better option than him just sitting in AAA waiting for their opportunity. Yeah. So you got a chance to fill a hole that just came out of nowhere and you made it happen pretty quick, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that they were able to get it done given that you're at the All-Star break and then you got the draft this year in the middle of the All-Star break, which you, before you would have had a lot more downtime during the All-Star break if you didn't have guys out there or whatever. But they had to do the draft this year for three days. Yeah. So to get it done is pretty impressive um, for both teams. Tells you about the Cubs, how much they're ready to start selling guys off too. Well, and uh, their schedule gets a lot easier. You know, yeah, they're not they're not in the in the boat the Braves are in. They're playing under five hundred teams for a little while. The you yeah, know, I, for the Braves, this is kind of crunch time. Where if you have a rough couple weeks, yeah, maybe maybe you Absolutely. know, I mean, it could look really bad. Or if they if they tear it up for a couple weeks, then you can go get make that big move that that you you know you're going to go for the playoffs. And that's the most important thing I think. Bottom line, what what everyone should keep in mind is the Braves are starting this stretch that we've talked about coming out of the break against the Rays beginning tonight, three games, three games against the Padres. Then you go on the road, nine games in eight days against the Phillies and the Mets, the two teams that are ahead of you in the standings. So yeah. this two weeks is really make or break time. Yeah, You didn't want to go into it with that outfield that you'd started the game with Sunday when you, then the first nine guys struck out in that game. And the, the rest of your outfield this year, I saw a stat has like, a lot less home runs than Acuna alone has. All your other outfielders combined. You had to give yourself a chance during this, yep. a better chance during this two-week stretch before you decide whether you make real moves where you start to give up multiple real top prospects, which if the Braves stay in this or make ground 
on the Mets, I think they'll do. But if they don't, if they if they come out of the shoot and lose four out of six to you know the Padres yeah. and the Rays, and then lose three or four out to the to, in a five game series against the Mets, and you fall six eight games back, then I think Alex will probably make that tough decision where they're not going for it. But right now they think they got a chance, and and why not? They're four games back with seventy some to go, and the Mets have shown no signs of pulling away. So this, yeah. this gives you a better chance to play this two week stretch. Yeah, and you know, like if if you got your full squad, Ian just got hurt, Acuna's hurt, Soroka's gone, Azuna's doing what he's you know he's dealing with. <laughs> I mean, you just if you got your full squad and you're five or six back, you know, maybe yeah. you say, all right, you yeah, know, we, we could turn this around. But when you have as many guys missing as as they have right now, and and they've right. played the type of year they've had where things just haven't gone their way. Then you're six or seven or eight back. It's like, you know what? It might be time to regroup a little bit. But right. if they if they can take this squad and just stay in it, then you can say, you know what? We can get a little better here. We can get a little better there. We get Darno back and, in, in a couple get, of three weeks. Yep. Make we a get run Inoa for back it. soon after that. Yep. And all of a sudden you're going, why not? I mean, yeah. and, and those who say, yeah, but they can't win a World Series. That's no team looks at it that way. If you can win your division and get in the postseason, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and 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 these are businesses. These are run as businesses, and you make a lot of money by getting to the postseason. Yeah. You know, you not just and you lose a lot money. by throwing in the towel because your exactly. attendance is just your walk up crowds are going to suck the rest of the year. The Braves have the battery connected to their place, so they even have more. That's magnified. That effect of losing a walk up crowd is magnified with the that's Braves. A great point. And with all these other teams that are starting to build these villages like the battery around their parks, yep. now all of a sudden you're not just losing, you know, 10, 15,000 maybe of game and a big game for walk-up crowd and all the concessions and all the and the jerseys and ball caps that you sell at the ballpark. You're also losing all that walk-up to all those place businesses that you have a piece of at the battery. So yep. and then we're not even talking about next year's effect on next year's season tickets, the difference between going to the postseason and throwing in the towel in July what it does to next year's season ticket base. These are big businesses decisions. So it yeah. would not be good business decision to throw in the towel right now. And the Braves people said the Cubs are doing it the right way. Why can't the Braves do what the Cubs are? The Cubs have got a bunch of guys that are going to be free agents. They got to rebuild and restock this thing. There's no reason they they just lost 11 in a row and they're eight yeah. games back. There's no way they're catching the Brewers. So there's no reason to hold on to these guys that are going to be free agents and they're not going to resign them all. They might hold on to a guy like Baez if they're going to resign him, or Rizzo if they're going to resign him, or whatever, you know, or Brian, but they're not going to resign all these guys. So, and they weren't going to resign, you know, Peterson was on one year deal with the option. So that's uh that's the difference between those teams. The Cubs need to knew they can't hold on to all these guys and just have them all walk as free agents. Yeah, and if they but, look at the Brewers, they know the Brewers are better than them. You yeah. know, like you know that you know you're not catching them, but in the East, man, I don't. I mean, I don't. Even as bad as it's been for the Braves, I don't look at the Mets and say that's a way better team. Yeah. They can't beat. Yeah, they it's got a lot the wrong. But it's for me. It's always just about getting your foot in the door and giving your city a, just that playoff experience because you can just like you said, man. Season tickets next year, people showing up next year, just have an excitement for the team in the city, especially after what the Hawks did. Yeah, and your young players, that experience they get going to the postseason, have being in a postseason drive, that's invaluable, man. Rather than throwing in the towel right now and and the 
and the mood in the clubhouse that would be for the last two and a half months of the season. <laughs> yeah, you think Freddie was looking maybe unhappy early on, watching yeah. when he's playing for nothing. You know, right? Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One more thing on Peterson. There's a $10 million option on him for next year. Now, if he were to get hot and help the guys to help the Braves down the postseason drive, and then we've said what he's done every postseason he's been there. If he were to help the Braves get to the postseason and maybe do something, I could definitely see them picking up that option for $10 million. That's cheaper than what you're going to get for, for a guy on anybody of, of value on the free agent market. Plus, you're going to have to give them multiple years for any good player. And he's 29 right now, so I'm not saying it's a, it's a given. But it's something that they it gives them an option. It's a two and a half million dollar buyout and a ten million dollar option. They're responsible for either. So, yeah. So, well, that, and you look that, at you look at Jock. I mean, he just went through that free agency. It could be a nightmare, man. If if you're getting a little older and, and you go yeah. out there and you know it, most mutual options don't wind up getting picked up because either the player outperforms it or underperforms, and it's right. like the, the team doesn't want you anymore. Yeah, yeah. or you want to go get your money. But there's certain yeah. situations like his where he could be like, you know what, ten's cool, and he performs well enough where they feel like he has value and it could actually work. Especially with the market, that what it might be this off season with the collective yeah. bargaining agreement yeah. coming up and there, and so much indecision and uh, uncertainty. Yeah. It might be a situation where both teams look at it or both sides look at it and go. That's one spot we'd like to not have to worry about next year. Yep. But I think they'll evaluate him the rest of the year, see what he does against lefties, righties, all that. And, uh, you know, I, one thing they don't have to worry about because Alex knows him so well is, is how he'll fit in, fit into the clubhouse and for the stretch run. Alex knows him well and said, this is a high energy guy, always yeah. has a smile on his face, comes in the clubhouse, everybody likes him. So, and he's, he's been really good about bringing in those kind of guys and yeah. not disrupting the clubhouse chemistry that they have. I don't know him at all, and I like him just you know yeah. just from watching videos of him and, and seeing him. He he just seems like he cracks his teammates up nonstop. Yeah, you, know, you, you could tell watching the highlights and how they react to things he does. Like when he flew out to the warning track, yeah, and he pimped the shit out of it. Yeah, and the wind was blowing, howling in at Wrigley, and the, just how his team reacted to that. You know, they yeah. they know he's going to be embarrassed yeah. and not do it again, and, and they can have fun with it. Just stuff like that. You could tell when a team likes a dude. Uh, and, and, and bottom line for where I was talking about, you know, the Braves need to add some power or whatever. And they, this guy's hit 25 to 36 home runs in four out of his five full seasons. I mean, he can hit for power. He's got some power. He doesn't big time power. And, and, and it's not going to hurt you in the outfield either. He's not going to win a gold glove, but he's, he's an average to above average guy in the outfield and he's most comfortable in right field. So a lot of it worked. A lot of it was a really good 
fit for the Braves. For right now, yeah. For right now. Now, going forward, I think it doesn't change the two glaring needs they have. Uh, I'm hoping for the Braves' sake that starting is not a glaring need, starting pitching, because I think Ian Anderson – this was relatively good news. He had that checked out Tuesday. And they were worried after that tightness that he had Sunday that it might be something more than just fatigue. I think inflammation is probably about the best-case scenario. You knew something. If he had tightness, it was going to be something. And they had already planned to put him on the IL one way or the other. So for the MRI, because he got it checked out, not to show any kind of structural damages, that's obviously huge. Yeah. I mean, inflammation, he's going to be back this year, and it could be back you know, in a relatively short period. You know, it used to scare you. It used to scare you when guys got MRIs. Which it still does because they're always going to find something in there. But now it's like the team's doing MRI no matter what's wrong with you. Right. <laughs> if you have right. anything going on the MRI, they used to be kind of stingy with that and just hand you some anti-inflammatories and give you a couple of days off. But yeah. um, I mean, shoulders are a little tricky, but a little bit of inflammation, and he probably needed a break anyway. I, I don't. I don't worry about it too much when they only put him on the ten day. Yeah. And. And Mueller was coming back after the break anyway. So the good thing is Tuki Tucson has pitched his ass off in his rehab starts in Gwinnett, the last three of them. Really impressive. Six innings in each of them. Hardly any hits allowed. Walks way down. Strikeouts up. So he's activated. And I don't know if he'll get a chance to start, but they got Mueller. They got Bryce Wilson has pitched well lately down there. They can get through this till uh, they need uh, till they get Ian Anderson back. But they're going to obviously need an extra starter. They got that doubleheader in uh, in New York next week uh, in the second or after the homestand. They go play nine games in eight days, so they're not going to be able to skip a starter. Obviously, they're going to need a sixth one. But they can get through this thing with that. I, but the, the needs that I said, it does not change. They still need to go get a big bat. To me, Joey Gallo, I know a lot of teams, the Padres are one, are talking to him right now. I'm not sure how much the Braves are talking to him. Braves keep that stuff really tight-lipped. But he would be a huge ad for this team. And he's under contract for another year, which is crucial to Alex. If he's going to give up prospects for a guy, he's got to have some contractual control. If you could look at having Gallo in there in your lineup next year to build around and, and you have Acuna back next year, that's uh, that's not bad. But it's going to cost for sure. But Gallo is Gallo would be great. Bryant is, is a free agent after this year, so I don't see the Braves doing that. Chris Bryant adding a second Cub. I don't see that happening. Um, there's a couple other guys that, uh, I don't think the Dynamax are trading Marte. That would be ideal, but that I've seen nothing to indicate that they're going to trade him and everything to indicate they're not, um, uh, same thing with the pirates. I don't think they're going to trade Reynolds. Um, uh, he's a young guy that they, they, they're not ready Hanniger, I don't think they're going to trade him. We'll see some of these guys it might be a guy available. We're not even thinking about, but that's a big need for me. The Braves still need to add a big alpha bat. They're still going to run Heredia. And uh, what Almonte out there, you know, you're still running. That's what you're still running out there in two of the spots, which yeah, good players, but bench players are platoon players at most. And they're going to be playing every day or, or splitting one of them splitting time with Adrianza working him in there too. So you still need to add that bat. I'd be interested to see where they hit Jock Peterson. I was thinking the same thing. You know, he's batted lead off far more than anywhere. I know. Any, I guess if Schwarber leads off for the Nats, why not? But, you know, um, considering how much he's hit leadoff and the lack of leadoff guy on the team right now. The only reason I don't like that is because then you're stacking two lefties. Yeah. 
you know, and that, and if, if he, Freddie, I don't care. Lefty, righty, for me, it doesn't, Freddie's a tough at bat either side, but it gives him the convenience of, you know, bringing in a, a lefty reliever against a nine hole who's going to be probably a pinch hitter, right? And if you get through that, you got two lefties. You could move Freddie back to third. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, I wouldn't mind that either. You could go, uh, you could go Peterson, uh, uh, Ozzy. Freddie got switched to break it R- up. Riley. Not bad, huh? That Swanson in there somewhere if you want, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, you still don't have, I mean, to be able to add a cleanup guy would be, that'd be nice to be able to move Riley back where, you know, belongs fifth, you know, sixth. Um, doesn't change the need for that to me. If you're really going to go for it, uh, you need to add a big bat. And you're gonna, and if you don't add a big bat now, you're gonna need to add one in the offseason anyway. You know, yeah, you're gonna need to add one because you can't, you don't, you, I don't think you're gonna get Azuna back. I don't think they're gonna want to bring him back. You know, if he does, if he is not suspended for <laughs> beyond this year and next year, I don't think the Braves are gonna want to bring him back anyway. They're gonna look to get rid of him. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. So, uh, you're still gonna need to add a big bat. So if you could do that now and have a guy for next year, add a guy like Gallo. It, you know, he's very affordable with another year arbitration before free agency. But obviously, he's so attractive. There's going to be quite a few teams going for him. So you're going to have to give up prospects to get him. Um, <clears throat> you know, a guy that has been mentioned, and I hadn't thought about him because I didn't think, why would the Reds let Castellanos go? Because he signed for $16 million next year and then and then has a $20 million, $16 million for two years and then $20 million option. He has an opt-out after this year, and he's oh, really? having such a monster year. He could opt out. So that's the only reason why the Reds would might consider trading this guy, you know, that opt-out, get something for him. Yeah. At the same time, whatever whoever trades for him, he's still going to have that opt-out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's basically getting a, a dude on a one-year deal. Right. So it limits what – but I think it limits what teams are going to be willing to give up for him. But he's having, obviously, a career year. Well, he breaks. Well, I, that ballpark's just – built perfectly for him because he loves to shoot the ball the other way and it flies leading, out leading the majors and doubles by the way yeah I mean, he's hitting a ton oh he rakes uh yeah as we've seen when he against face the braves so that's another guy that's out there though and um and a bullpen they've obviously still got a you know as much as the bullpen will go through three or four games where they look good that's because they're not taxed and they can right. use those core three or four guys but when they have to start using those guys every day and you have to go a little deeper, then that's when everybody's like, oh, God, the bullpen again. You know, they just don't have enough depth. They got three or four guys that are really good, but they need to add a couple to me. I keep looking at Kimbrell. I don't know what it's going to take to get him, but he's been <laughs> he's been maybe this might be one of his best seasons he's had. He's having a monster year uh, and they're going to trade him. Somebody's going to give up plenty to get him. That's the thing is somebody, you know, I mean, the Yankees, they're, they're struggling, but they've had Chapman struggle. You yeah. know, there, there's going to be a team that gives up some legit prospects for Kimball. Just, you know, because a team that feels like they can win the World Series gets him. <laughs> it's a game changer. Castellanos, by the way, 16 million in 2022 and in 2023, then a $20 million option, mutual option with a $2 million buyout. So, and, and this doesn't happen as much in baseball, but if you were able to talk to the guy, 
and say, hey, do you want to be, would you want to be here? You know, but then again, if you're him, you're going, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to, they'd have, you'd have to up. I think you'd have to add a little to those $16 million salaries to get him to, cause he'd be crazy to give up that opt out or, or add some length. Yeah. You know, he's gold right now. He's yeah. gold right now. You can't be in a better position than being a player, yeah. having a really, you know, career year and have it. It's up to you whether you want to stick around or go test the market. Because he's only got $34 million guaranteed coming to him after this year. 16, 16, and the two He's not that five. young either, right? How old right. is he? Right. But if he hits free agent market, even in a, even if the economy goes to hell in the baseball economy with the with the collective bargaining agreement and all that, but if he hits the, the free agent market coming off the season he's having, pretty safe to say he's going to get guaranteed more than $34 million. He's 29 now, hitting the market at 29 versus 31. Get at least a two or three year deal worth twenty five. That's a big a difference. Year. Yeah, that's you know? a big difference. At least fifty million guaranteed. At least. So, we'll see. And then uh, the only problem I have with uh, with thinking Kimbrel is sixteen million next year, which he's worth it. It's a yeah. sixteen million dollar club option. But I can't see the Braves adding 16 million when if they're unless they trade Will Smith because they're paying him 13 million. Yeah. And there's an option with a buyout on his. So basically you'd you'd be next year guaranteed to pay 30 million dollars for two relievers. I can't see the Braves doing that. That's a good point. But otherwise, I mean, Kimberl obviously is and the Cubs they then I mean they're not they're unloading him without having to pay anything at his salary. With what That's, I mean, this was already complicated before Cunha got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he's healthy, getting Kimball for me is like, this can put you – because the Royals won a World Series with that pen. Their bullpen yeah. was what won them the World Series. And if you can Absolutely. lock down those last three innings and, and your yep. offense doesn't have to be nitro, your starters just got to get through six. But with Acuna hurt, man, it really complicates things. The guy that uh, they need to go get? Because they need to go make a deal for Gallo and Ian Kennedy from the Rangers. Give up Kennedy what you got to get and get it. You see the season Ian Kennedy's having? Yeah. Dude? Yeah. Converted 15 of 16 saves, 267 ERA, 30 appearances. He missed a little time with a hamstring. That's why he's only got 30 appearances. 32 strikeouts and seven walks and 30 and a third innings. How good does that look to the Braves and their fans right now? Those numbers 32 strikeouts, good. seven walks. Yeah. Now he'll be a free agent after this year, so that's a negative for the Braves. But it also means for a reliever, you're not going to give up nearly as much. It's not like for you know one of these rental position guys. And if you got Gallo in the deal, you're getting some contractual control. Yeah, that's true. And Ian Kennedy feels that I'd stick his ass in closer, move Will Smith to set up this year, and then worry about your closer situation for next year. But you tell Will, hey, look, man. For this year, we're going to Ian Kennedy with closer the rest of the way. That means we're going to give up on you. But so anyway, so much, man. So much out there. And and also, if they did need a starter, again, I don't think that's the need for the Braves with with what they've got right now. Um, starting, especially with you know Mueller and then Davidson will be back next year and all that. But if you did need a starter, the Rangers, Kyle Gibson, man, that guy's having a career year. Thirty three years old. He's six and one with a two two nine ERA. 1069 whip and 17 starts, and he's under contract for seven million next year. I mean, Jesus. It's so hard because it's like you know, I don't think they need a starter. That's then you gotta give up way more. They got you other know, needs, you're, man. You're always trying to find that sweet spot where you don't have to give up too much, but 
I mean, I, I think, think it's it's hard to bank on Soroka. What's going to happen with yeah, him next can. year? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can bank on Mueller. I like to, I seen enough of Davidson to think he's at least a back end starter. Yep. And uh, obviously you're going to have Freed and Ian Anderson back at the top. I mean, I, I don't think we worry about starter right now, but you do need a bat. I think the bottom half of this lineup for these last few weeks has just been <laughs> too easy to plow through. I know they've had yeah. some good, you know, they've, those guys have over. Performed. I mean, they've they've overproduced, and, and credit to them. Those guys have kept the Braves in this thing, but I don't think it's realistic to rely on you know a bunch of uh, journeymen and bench type guys to fill out half your lineup for the for the last three two and a half months and expect to win the division. They're in a tough spot. Yeah, very tough spot. Very complicated. I don't. I do not envy Alex <laughs> and Top Bliss, and That's all. why he makes the big money right now. Yep. I don't but, know what to do. <laughs> uh, but but the other thing is uh, those on you know Twitter those that uh, that uh, are t- are urging the Braves to you know give up right now or or to trade uh, Morton and because you can get something for him I'm like when you trade Charlie Morton that means you're flying to, you're waving the white flag you've given yeah. up on the season because that's the only reason you do that because he's your one of your big hopes if you can manage to get to the postseason because this is a guy with a track record of pitching yeah. his best in the postseason. And it's not one, two, or five starts. He's been a horse in the postseason. Yeah. So that's one thing you can just check off, not worry about. And then we saw enough of Max Freed last year and Ian Anderson in the postseason to know they can handle it too. So I, I that that's the one of the that's the last thing you do. When you give up Morton, you know that the Braves have given up on this season. Yeah. So could happen as soon as a week or two. We'll see. But I think these next these next two weeks is it's crucial gonna for the determine Braves. everything. If they play terrible, you know, I mean it's it's hard to Yeah, the thing is they could play terrible and the Mets could play just as bad. You'd be in the same spot and have to make a choice. But but the yeah. But they're not but the, it's a good th- the good thing about it is that two week period ends with those two teams playing five games in four days. Yeah. That's going to be – you're going to be able to watch five ideal. games and go, okay, I know which of these teams I like for the for the rest yeah. of the season, you know? Yeah. And the Mets have gotten enough guys back now. It's not like they can count on getting more, you know, a whole lot more down the stretch. The Braves will still be able to count on getting Darno and Enoa back, you know, after that. So, but we'll see. Interesting, man. This has been a crazy damn season. Um, <clears throat> one other thing I was going to – I was going to ask you about was, uh, um, oh, the what, uh, Manfred, what did you think of Manfred's announcement the other day that I was surprised because, you know, of all the rules that he brought in last year, to me, the one that even the old school guys and traditional guys like myself, even the ones that we liked was seven inning doubleheader games. I heard uh, Terry Francona the other day. He said he liked them. Terry Francona, I, I got nothing wrong with that. And, and most people don't mind the, the runner at second base either for what it's done to the game. A lot of people that, I mean, I thought it was Bush League when they said they were going to yeah. do it, but actually watching it in action, I mean, it's frustrating when your team loses because of it. But I think for the most part, most people like it, I think. But I know people like the seven inning games. Players love them. Well, yeah, I mean, just from, from, a, from a standpoint of it just – you know the, the extra inning rule. Uh, I'm on the fence on because I like it as a as a fan sitting at home. Because then 
it forces action and, and the games are over sooner. Same thing with the seven inning doubleheader, but I've been, I've been kind of on the fence with both of them. I like when I like when I don't have to sit there and watch 15 innings. Right. You know, you're already tight. You've already, already committed. So you're going to stay for the whole game. You, you know? got to see what happens. Yeah. But I hate it when I hate it when a team gets a bloop single broken yeah. bat and it wins them the game. You know, you, you fight for nine. In, oh, man, as a reliever, it'd be a nightmare to be sitting yeah. in that pen and know you have to start the inning with a guy on second. You know, it's it makes changes it, your I just, whole approach, doesn't it? I think it just it takes away the strengths of teams. You know, if you have bullpen yeah. depth and all yeah. of a sudden, I mean, it, any closer can give it up after a leadoff double. You know, so I, I'm on the fence on both of them. I, I kind of liked hearing that it was going to go back to the way it is just because I'm kind of old school like that. But I was I surprised for sure that, it, that I was he surprised did that. Because I think most of the time they've, they when they find something that people actually like, they're like, oh, they like this. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah. God. But I think that, you know what I think the whole 7 eight thing goes down to? I think he's gotten enough complaints from people who pay good money to go to games. And maybe it's a, one of the only games they go to that year. Yeah. And they go expect nine and they get seven innings. That and I think they look at um the uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh what seven innings does when you play multiple seven inning games in a year, what it does to the stats over the course of a year. Yeah. It takes away quite a few at bats, innings pitched, all that. It it can change I, in their view, the the sanctity of the sport of the season, you know? Yeah. You know, I've hung up there or on on playing as many of those games as making up as many of those games as they could during the, uh, during the pandemic and not just lopping on or like in 162 game season, when a team that's out of it and two teams that, uh, you know, miss four games and they have there, there's no way either of those teams is going to the playoffs. They still try to make up those games for yep. the sanctity of the statistics and, the, and for the lunge for hit, the sake of history and posterity and all that. I think he looks at it that way and doesn't want a bunch of teams playing, you know, five or six, seven inning games in a year. Yeah. Especially, you know, after Madison Bumgarner threw that no hitter and you call yeah. it a fake game, you know, it's kind of like, so these aren't that real might, games. That might play into it too. Yeah. People might've called him on that and said, is it a real game or is it not a real game? Is it an yeah. official game or not? Cause he pitched one, what you call an official game and he didn't allow any hits. Yeah. And he might have just said, screw it. I don't want to have to explain this or justify it anymore. So let's just go back to nine inning games. Yeah. I mean, the players could have fought it too. That might have just been something that the players just have been hung up on. And that's just not a battle they want to fight. But I, I know position players probably love it, but I would hate it in the pen. But I, I players, players, they don't dread playing a nine, playing a doubleheader when there's seven inning games, though, because you're yeah. not at the ballpark that much longer than you are for a regular game. Yeah. So, but I can see where fans, you know, especially when the thing is, you're not going to get many, uh, you're going to get uh, these split doubleheaders that, you know, when you pay two admissions, you only get to see one game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I hate split doubleheaders. If you're going to play traditional doubleheaders, back-to-back nine-inning games, split them by 30 minutes, 40 minutes, that's okay. I mean, it's it's a long day at the park, but split doubleheaders are the absolute They're the worst. worst. Start them at two and seven. That's just yeah. Oh, that two hour. Well, especially even as a player, that two hour gap where you're just sitting oh. there. I mean, it's hard to get your body going, and then you have to start your whole day all over again. Do it twice. Sitting there, just Shower watching again games or on the couch, eating hot dogs, waiting for yeah. the next game to start. It's, it's the hardest on position players. It's got to be brutal, man. 
yeah, especially if you tweak something in the first game or whatever, and you gotta like keep it warm, you know, and play again. You don't yeah, get it like through something. It. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it just feels like they're just stabbing in the dark with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought I thought the National League was going to win the All Star Game, dude. When they loaded the bases, I thought they got they got them loaded. They're going to get a hit here, not driving yeah. three runs. They just can't get over the hump, man, in the All-Star game. It makes no sense. You know, it was one thing when all the talent was in the American League, but now more, more of the young talent is in the National League. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, that was one thing that they changed that I did like was making that game mean something. You know, because the, the MLB All-Star game outdoes the Pro Bowl. It outdoes the NBA All-Star game because players like are playing game. hard. They're trying yeah. to win. Especially yeah. if you're on a team where you feel like you're going to go deep, you want that home field. You know what, though? It's like uh, it, 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 the reason I think one of the reasons why it seems like a real game is because you can't really – in the NBA, those guys have fun with it, and all of a sudden it's like they're outside playing in the backyard street ball and everything. There's no equivalent of that in baseball, you know? No. I mean, I guess you could like second baseman, you could throw it behind the back, you know, for a double play or whatever. But there's no – like. NBA every time down the court you can do something where you're just having fun. You know? Yeah, but it's stupid because nobody's even playing defense. I mean, it's, no, it's nobody. They're just jogging There's no up equivalent and down. in baseball, though. You know, a pitcher yeah. can't like you just throw seventy three on the right, corner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hendricks threw a knuckleball. You know, guys mix some of that stuff in, but I like the time yeah. Cruck put his helmet on backwards and hit him when uh, Randy Johnson almost hit him. Yep. But that those moments stand out because they're so isolated in the baseball all-star game. In yeah. the NBA all-star game, those are like every minute. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the Pro Bowl, I can't even tell you what happens in the Pro Bowl, dude, because I haven't watched one minute of the Pro Bowl. Even when I covered the NFL for two years, I didn't watch one minute of the Pro no. Bowl. It's well, horrible. Well, and it's after, after the season, too. It's you know, horrible. So you already had the big climax. and then it's The just whole like, format is a joke at the Pro yeah. Bowl. But you can't, you couldn't do football midseason. You know, no. if somebody gets hurt in that. No, no, they should just jump the Pro Bowl, man. It's just, just name um, some teams. The and, worst thing about the uh, the All Star game, those uniforms were awful. And they're back. They're, they're already designing next year's. What in the world did they think? What, why? I mean, the only reason you do it, obviously, is to sell some jerseys because everybody likes seeing their team, their guys in their regular uniforms. That I loved that about the All-Star game when I was a kid. Coolest thing. And everybody wore their loudest uniform too, their coolest uniform. Yep. So you saw all the colors and everything. You'd see the A's with their green back in the day when it really stood out and they had white shoes back in the day. Nobody else did. You see the Yankees in their traditional stuff and the Dodgers. But everybody, the Pirates with their cool hats, you know, and all that. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. The team picture was awesome. And now it's just like, okay, we're going to wear a really shitty looking softball, slow pitch softball looking uniform. And the navy blue with the pants. Oh, my terrible. God. They look like pajamas. That was, yeah. Awful. Awful. Oh, my God. Those were awful. So there. There you go. All right. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, uh, this series starting tonight, man. Raise our powerful team. And then, uh, then it's going to be fun. Padres coming in. I just wish Acuna was playing against Tatis. That would be so cool, man. Those two guys on the same field having just energy just popping off of each of them. I got a cop to a hard miss when I said Tatis didn't look back, look good coming back from that injury because he's gone yeah. off. <laughs> that was a hard <laughs> miss. 
<laughs> he cleaned it up pretty quick. Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Consider what he looked like when he first got back and yep. how everybody was like, oh, he's going to have to get the shoulder operated on. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe someday. But if you're having a season he's having, you'd be insane to go get shoulder surgery after this season. No chance. <laughs> he made he made the adjustment. I mean, he's, he's kept both hands on the bat, and he hasn't yeah. done those big flying open swings. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, that, that change would take a lot longer to Yeah, of to course, because if but, a normal person, it would be impossible. Yeah, that guy's ridiculous. Love the people every time you put anything about him on Twitter, though, compliment him or put a highlight or whatever. The guys on Twitter, they go, he leads the league in errors. Oh, okay. He sucks defensively. Watch the errors that he makes. The guy's yeah. a great defensive player. Though he'll 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 clean that up and won't make those errors in a couple of years. Well, he just won't try to make those plays. Right. Right. Come on. I mean, watch the amount of plays the guy makes, man. Did you see the one where he jumped and then, and then of, jumped a second time? <laughs> I was like, he, I tried to do that when I was a kid all the time. It's like you thought you could jump and then jump again, but he it did some totally kind of, appeared like it, he, he jackknifed or something. Jump, just, but, he, but he, like, yeah, he moved his his legs in such a way that it seemed like it propelled him up one more time. Yep, that's just pure athleticism. That was that was insane, man. All right, everybody, seven fifty five is real. We're going to do this again uh, Monday or Tuesday after this after the series against the Rays and as we're getting going with the Padres. So stay tuned. Hang on. These next two weeks, it's going to make or break this season. Braves are not ready to give up. That's for sure. I like it. 755 is real. We're out. We're out.